Hey guys, it's Brad with College Sportscast, and we are presented by the Fanboys. All right, guys, it's Brad with College Sportscast, and just as we're beginning here, it looks like maybe John Roberts is trying to jump on with us. Dude. Let's see if I can get him in the screen. Yes. There we go. There's John Roberts. One of my partners is with me, and uh, welcome to College Sportscast, guys. Uh, we are sponsored by Bluegrass Brads, which is what is behind me. Um, this is where I film and tape this show. And uh, we are sponsoring College Sportscast, the Fanboys, and um, Greenville Sports Media as well. So um, I have a guest on with me tonight. We want to welcome Dan Daniel Shirley from The Athletic to our show. Welcome, Daniel. Hey, appreciate you guys having me on. Looking forward to it. Daniel is senior editor of uh, college football for The Athletic, and he also does ESPN Radio uh, Midday Sports Zone in Georgia. Is that right? Yep, yep. here in Macon, Georgia. About, we're about an hour south of Atlanta, right on, right on the interstate. Right, and y'all talk a lot of SEC and and, and – I know you also do a Clemson podcast too, don't you? Yeah, I do. A uh, friend of mine, Bill Zimmerman, uh, we graduated together from Clemson in 1993, a long time ago. And uh, we started that's last when summer. I gra- that's we- when I graduated high school, by the way. Did you really? There you <laughs> <Yeah>. go. <laughs> we we you started know, last you, summer. You don't want to know when I, where I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep yeah. Hey, don't Yeah, don't tell us that. We don't want to know that. He's a little younger. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. But right. <laughs> um, well, we started last summer and, and having a ball doing it. And so you can give a shout out to your all the stuff you want to right now. And let you uh, kind of plug your stuff, Daniel. Yeah, I appreciate that. If you uh, work for The Athletic, I've been with The Athletic since 2018. Um, been with the college football staff for two years. I uh, was the Atlanta editor before that. And uh, love love the job. It's a great place to work. Uh, we've got a lot of great college football writers. Uh, so just go to theathletic.com for that. Um, our radio show, if you just go to uh, – really, our, our Twitter feed is our best spot. If you just go to at Russ and Daniel, uh, do the show with Russ Brown. Russ works for the Georgia Southern radio network on their, on their football games. So uh, we talk a lot of Falcons and – Hawks and Braves and Georgia football and Georgia Tech and Georgia Southern, uh, pretty much anything in the state of Georgia. Uh, and then our Clemson podcast is uh, ClemsonKickoff.com. If you go there, uh, Bill Zimmerman and I do that, and uh, it's it's a blast. So got a lot going on for sure. All right, man. Uh, we appreciate you being all with us. I will say this right off the top. If 
by any chance you could help get Kyle Tucker on the show for us, I would greatly appreciate it. I'm in Kentucky. I'm a huge Kentucky fan, and I would greatly appreciate getting Kyle Tucker on for, I'll, for I'll, on College Sportscast. I'll talk to Kyle. Kyle and I worked <laughs> together at uh, SEC Country before we both moved over. Yeah, yeah, he was with – uh, yeah, he, he hasn't been with the Athletic too awful long. I don't think a couple of probably, years maybe. Probably 2019, somewhere around yeah. there, 2018, somewhere around there. So he he started started a little bit after I did. So, uh, But Kyle was one of my writers at, at SEC Country, so I know Kyle well. Okay. I'm just saying I thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> I'll, I'll do my best. I'll see what he says. <laughs> I mean, you know, as a Kentucky fan. So John Roberts is the one that's with us and joining us. Um, he is an Auburn alum. Okay. So uh, he graduated. He's an early, like, 06 or 07. I can't remember one of the years. Seven. Um, seven from Auburn. Um, so he's a big Auburn fan. Uh, also a big baseball fan as well. Um, yep. So. He was the Braves, a, right? Got 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 the Braves on TV right now. Yeah, so. and he's uh he was a a manager for the baseball Auburn baseball team while he's in school and stuff like that. Correct. We had uh Josh Donaldson, former Brave Josh Donaldson, uh was on the team, and uh I have gone blank on him. There, there's been at least one other Brave that played for the that played for Auburn at the time that I was at Auburn. So while you know, a lot of people will point to Tim Hudson. I'm I'm not ten years younger than Tim. There you so. go. <laughs> yeah. My my uh, son's a manager on the Clemson football team right now. So it, uh, uh, I know how those those long hours and that's a lot of work for sure. Oh yeah. You gotta you gotta love that for sure. Yes. <laughs> he done some. You done some writing too for the baseball team when you were there too, didn't you? Or was that after? I did not write while I was there. I did a little bit of writing on my own. On your own afterwards. After, after. yes, okay. but not not a lot. Not not enough to like really say that I did writing. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you don't. A, a I started little, something and then never really really kept it going. Any writing counts <laughs> yes. in my in so, my. And I mean, I, I had I had a couple things that were in the uh, in the Auburn game day programs. You know, from to the 2007 season, I think I had four articles on the game day uh, program. So, like, I think a couple of them were they were honoring the 1957 national championship. So, I had two articles that dealt with the 57 national championship team. I think one was a one was a player profile, and I cannot remember what the other one was. May have been. Oh, it was a coach profile. It was uh, Coach Yox, the uh, who was the strength and conditioning coach at that time. Okay. So right. There you go. Oh, well, any Daniel, writing count? Yes. Yeah. Well, we will. Uh, we're going to kind of dive into ACC and SEC talk tonight <sighs> with you, and we appreciate you being here with us. Um, I guess I'll start out with since it just ended a few days ago. I'll start out with the NFL draft. Um, you know, the NFL draft just, just ended on Saturday. Um, the last four rounds, I'm trying to count yeah. in my head, the last four rounds on Saturday. And, uh, 
you know, I guess Georgia wise, it was a pretty good draft. Yeah, it really was. I mean, you look at, I mean, not everybody went to the Eagles. I guess it feels like everybody from Georgia went to the Eagles. But and everybody gonna, from Bama went get, to, to the Texans, right? Yes, right. I'm going to get to that. Yeah. I'm going to get to that, I promise. But uh, what was, I think, 23 guys from the state of Georgia who played high school football in the state of Georgia were drafted, um, you know, yeah, which, that's, again, that's shows the awesome. talent in this state. And, yeah. Um, you know, and the thing about University of Georgia is I don't think it's going to slow down anytime soon. I mean – Kirby has that has it going, and uh, you know I think you could look at another long list of guys be drafted next year. I, you know Seth Emerson did a story for us on Sunday at the Athletic and talked about the number of players who were drafted off that 2021 championship team, and there were 40 guys on that team who've been drafted the last two years. So, um, wow, you know it's just. Just remarkable. Off the twenty-one team, yeah, I think that I think the number's right. I maybe I need to double check wow. that, but That's I mean, it's, or, no, I'm sorry, it was twenty-five have been drafted off those off those teams. I'm sorry, off that team, and um, uh, that and just remarkable the number of ta- talented players. I think they had ten, yeah. over the weekend yeah. this past. So 20, weekend, it's twenty-five, yes, yeah, twenty-five, yeah, have been drafted. So, um, you know, just <clears> remarkable. <throat> what Kirby Kirby Smart has going on at Georgia. And I don't think it's slowing down anytime soon. I, I mean, I think next year they'll have, you know, another eight, nine, ten guys drafted for sure. Well, I mean, they will. I will say this. In the offseason here this year, it does seem like Georgia's had quite a few players transfer out. They have. And, and you know, I mean, guys want to play, right? And right. It, it looks like they don't – they're not going to get that shot or – maybe they're not going to play as much as they feel like they should. And now they have that avenue to go find somewhere else to play. And I mean, Bear Alexander was yeah. a perfect example of that. Recently, yeah. he was one that put his name in in the second window here. And, you know, Bear, Bear Alexander played some and was probably in line to possibly be a starter, uh, I would think. He played in the uh, um, college football playoffs. And played well. Had a sack in, in a game, I know, for sure. Maybe a tackle for loss as well. Um, and Is, uh, would, would there be anything else to that because of the fact that he was lined up to be – I mean, people. most people thought that he would be a starter or that yeah. he was, you know, in line to be a starter. Then would there be something else that led to it other than – just him wanting out because I mean, there's not really anything that makes sense for the Bear Alexander one. Yeah, that one was su- was surprising. Like when Ad Mitchell transferred and he's going back to Texas and he's going to be near his family and those kinds of things. That one didn't really surprise you too much. Right. The Bear Alexander right. one really kind of came out of nowhere. But then, you know, it, you, you hear about nil and you hear about guys just wanting a fresh start. I mean, guys, I thought he was going to be the next, you know, Jordan Davis and then Jalen Carter. And then I thought Bear Alexander was going to be that, that next guy. And now he's at USC. So, um, you know, there could be any number of reasons why, why he transferred, but it it really did kind of come out of nowhere and and was kind of a surprise, but where was he from? Where was he from? He, where is Bear from? He's, he's not from, he's not from Georgia. Um, He's from Texas. 
Texas. Um, so okay. yeah, so he's he's a little bit outside of his, you know, zone being in Georgia. But, um, you know, the thing about Georgia is, like I said earlier, they're so talented that five six years ago they people would be freaking out about a guy like Bear Alexander leaving, and now they've just kind of said, okay, he left. We've probably got three or four guys plug behind in, him who are really the next good. Guy. And, right. And, I mean, and we're yeah. going to be fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I mean, the, the, the whole deal with, with Bear, I just thought that there was just at least some other circumstance that's not, you know, privy to the public. Yeah. That, yeah. We just thought reason. we'd ask you about it. And if there was something else sure, to yeah. it or, or something, I, you know, I haven't heard anything other than, you know, that, that guys, Guys just don't feel like it's the right fit. You know, there's now obviously people are going to look at NIL, uh, those kinds of things. I haven't heard anything about in the locker room or anything like that. Right. And USC and Riley out there in the NIL is probably, probably had something to do with it too. I would, yeah. I mean, I I would, I would think that there's a possibility of NIL or something like that, 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 that brought into it. But I just thought I would ask the question just, because sure. it seems, you know, obviously it's very out of nowhere and strange. So that was one that was right. Well, right. You know, worth, yeah. Worth, and it wasn't one where you said, about. yeah. And it wasn't one where you said, oh, well, he's not going to play. Yeah. He's transferring. Yeah. Right. You, right. You see yeah. those happen and you, and they make a lot of sense. That one was one. I mean, I wasn't, I was actually on vacation and I saw it pop up on my notifications and I was, I said, wow, you know, that's a yeah. big one. Yeah. yeah that's it a is. Big it name, was. So. Yeah. So let me ask you what you really think. So the Philadelphia Eagles apparently just want to turn themselves into the <laughs> 2021 Georgia defense. Yeah, what five guys off that team now? They yeah. now have five de- uh, Georgia defenders off of that 2021 defense. Well, the the Washington Commanders tried to do this with Alabama, and it didn't they have really true Davis. Work. They have. <laughs> They drafted Carter, they drafted Nolan Smith, and they right. drafted Ringo. And drafted Ringo too, right? People forget about Ringo because he was in yeah. the later rounds. But right, hey, yeah, it, Ringo as a fourth round pick was a steal. I think so too. I think he probably needs to play safety in the NFL. I, well, um, he might. He's still for, a steal for yes. a fourth round pick. I think yes. Ringo was a steal. I agree. I, I agree. Because he could be I, I a really, really good do. safety. I just don't know that he's a cornerback in the NFL, but there's nothing wrong with playing safety, right? Right, I mean, right. If, he, if he's a really and good I safety think, and you got him I in think the fourth round. Nabbing Nolan Smith for the 30th pick is a steal yeah. as well. Yeah, a lot of people talked about Jalen Carter being a steal, and I think he is at 10 or at 9 if he can, you know, be focused. But I think Nolan Smith is a much bigger steal at 30. I, I, I don't, do too. Because I think Nolan Smith is a guy you can plug in your locker room. He's going to be a great fit. He's going to be a great teammate. And, guys, he it's not like he's just some afterthought. You know, he's not just some guy that works hard. I mean, he was a, he was a five-star player coming out of high school. Yep. I, I believe he was the number one recruit in the nation in that class. So he's a really talented guy. And to get him at 30, uh, I think – Five or six years from now, we're going to be saying, "Wait, they got him 30th? Yes, there were twenty nine guys saying that. We we've had several people on our show before the draft doing a mock draft. We had a Seattle a Seattle Seahawks insider on with us, uh, Green Bay Packers 
and we've done several shows and I've been talking Nolan Smith for a month. And uh, I was like the Philadelphia Eagles, in my opinion, absolutely got an A plus for their draft. Oh yeah, um, I agree. I mean, I think I think a lot of people are saying like Dane Brugler for us at the Athletic had them as the number one class. You know, I think a lot of people uh, would agree with that for sure. It's a great class, at yeah. least on, you know as we get started. You know, right now they on go paper, you know, right. on it's paper, absolutely. I think it's an A plus draft class um, for the Philadelphia Eagles. I was very impressed with that, and then. Well, kind of, I'm going to slide into talking about some other draft stuff here. And let's talk about the quarterbacks because okay. three of them are SEC guys. Um, and then you got, you know, and then you got CJ Stroud. Um, that's, that's the other one. But, you know, Will Levis slides all the way to the second round, um, which for some was a surprise. I was, I'll just say it was dead wrong. I, he he did slide way way further than I thought he would. Yeah, you uh, had him number one. No, I didn't have him number one. <laughs> Come on, now I had Bryce on number one. <laughs> right. No, on, I said lie. he was likely going four where Anthony Richardson was, and I think that was the two that they were kind of debating over uh, was was Richardson and Will Levis. Um, so the most interesting thing to me now after this is this. Three of them are in the same division, AFC South. They're going to play yeah, each other. They're going to play each other twice a year and battle over the AFC South division championship for the next four, five years at least, you know, and right. – I think it's going to be a very interesting dynamic in that in that division. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. And and remember, Trevor Lawrence is the other one, the quarterback right. in that division, younger guy yeah. as well. Right. Um, From Clemson. I don't think any of them are are on his level. Um, I, I mean, I, as far as what they could be, you know, this early in their career, I think they're a right. little bit more developmental guys than than Trevor was. But but even Trevor, it took a a year and and a kind of a really bad coaching staff <laughs> before he could get it figured out, you know, his second year. So um, I look, I, I think that it's a really interesting dynamic. Like you said, that they're all in the same division. Um, I like Bryce Young a lot. I, I just, I mean, he's got everything you want, right? He's a great teammate. He's got enough of an arm. He's, he's got a great head on his shoulders he knows the game. He's two steps ahead of everybody on the field. So he's got all that. I worry a little bit about his size and not even his height, but just his frame. Um, is he going to get beat up? But I also think that he went to a team that's better than having the number one pick, right? The The Panthers aren't, aren't a team that earned the number one pick. They traded up and got the number one pick. So right. I think that it's not like he's going to a team that has just this awful offensive line where he's going to get destroyed behind that line. So they did um, trade away one of their top receivers yes, to get that pick. Right. They did. DJ Moore went with the picks to, yes. to the Bears. So um that's yeah. true. But I, I like what the Panthers are doing. Um, you know, so we'll see. And that division's winnable, right? I mean, 
you know, the NFC South's not the greatest division uh, in the NFL either. But those other three guys, you're right, right. all in the same division. Um, I think it's going to be really, really interesting. And it, it, we, the thing about it is we've seen in the NFL, history has proven not all those guys are going to hit. So, you know, which ones no, are going to which ones are going to not hit is going to be the key for these franchises probably for the next decade. Unless it's the 83 draft. Well, that's true. Right. The 83 <laughs> draft. The, I, can't, you yeah. I can't remember what, what year. You, you weren't born. He was, Don't he talk was about a, the 83 draft. Yeah, he was a kid back then. A little kid back then. Uh, not born. He's right. Not born. I, I remember the 83 <laughs> draft. 80, 80, 84. Okay. That's, that's 84? Okay, so he wasn't even born. <laughs> um. You know, now look, if they hit, I mean, then if they all hit, then they've got a, an all-time draft, right? But and it's not you, likely. You say that all three of them are in the same division, or, or three of the four are in the same division, but all four of them are in the South. Right. It's so in the South division. Yeah. Just three are in the ASC, one's in the one's NFC. One's in the NFC, right. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I think C.J. Stroud has the, like, the, the highest floor of the, of the four. Now, I don't know that he has the highest ceiling, right? I mean, if, if Anthony Richardson is what some people think he is, I mean, watch out, um, you know. But I think CJ is the most – I think he's the least likely to be a bust, if if that's the right way to put it. Yeah, like, I, I kind of agree with Anthony, that. Anthony's got the, the biggest gap right, between exactly. ceiling and floor. He also has Bryce, the lowest floor, I think. Yeah, Bryce is, you know, here because of just the fact that he's not, you know, I mean, it's really just going to be Bryce the is probably his, the his most likely to be the steady guy. Right. But then, but, but like CJ could be this. Right. Where, where, where his floor moves up, but his ceiling moves up a little bit too, just because yeah. he's, he's got a bigger, a bigger frame as well. Right. Yeah, and, no, and and all of them went to first year coaches too, right? I believe. I think all, yeah. didn't all four of them go to first year? Well, except for uh, Levis, uh, Vrabel's been there a year. Vrabel, except for Levis, right? That's right. Yeah, Levis he, is the one. Is the one. Vrabel's been there a few years. I can't yeah. remember now exactly how many. Those three guys, yeah, the three right. in the first round, all went to first year head coaches. Now, yeah. I'll tell you, I do like D'Amico Ryan's a lot, and what he can do with the Texans. Um, but I think he also probably has the most work to do to rebuild the franchise over the Colts and the and the Panthers because the Texans have been pretty bad for a couple of years. Right. Josh, I'll and, get to your questions with, with Daniel in a few minutes. I just want you to know. I appreciate you being on with us. And really, the, the Colts, the they really seem like they were more of a quarterback away as opposed to, like, I mean, not – Having a better quarterback would have put them in a better spot. I mean, they and that's part of the reason why Anthony Richardson, for me, surprised me about the Colts. They're just they're, because, they're taking a risk because because Anthony Richardson is the least likely of the four to be ready day one. Probably. I mean, now Levis yeah. doesn't have to be. Right, I don't think Levis is going not to play. Not now. I mean, at Tennessee, yeah, right. it's going to be Ryan Tannehill right. probably this year. The Colts definitely took the biggest swing. I don't think yes. there's any doubt about that. And yes. you know, now if they if they hit on him, I mean, again, is is he 
if he's what some experts say he is, then then watch out, you know. But right. But he definitely like I don't I could see him not starting this year. I could see him being one of those develop yeah developmental guys. Who, I mean, I would be surprised if he does start this year. I really would. Yeah. Unless there's an injury or something, and they just halfway right. through the season. Let's yeah, I mean that could happen. Yeah, right. that could happen. Right. Yeah, but I think Bryce Young and and CJ Stroud start. They yeah, I think I think yeah. both of them start and. And you know, Josh here's he's he's a Kentucky guy, um, so you know he's asking about Levis and saying that he thinks that the Colts regret not picking Levis over Richardson. Richardson does have Im- immense talent, right? Um, athletic talent, and if he can learn to harness that on the field, then you have a monster of a quarterback. The problem, the problem is, is he hasn't shown that so far. You know, yeah, yeah. at the chance he's had, even at Florida, right. consistently, he's right. had moments. Like I've had a lot of people tell me, "Well, look what he did in the third quarter against Georgia," and it that's, was, and it blew your mind. Well, what about the other three quarters, right? I was like, that's one <laughs> right? quarter. That's yeah, exactly yeah. Right. Just tell him that it. You know, with his team, they just play the Eagles, and it'll be the same thing. I mean, he's raw. <laughs> playing he's playing raw. those same guys, right? Same guys. He's raw, you know. I mean, his talent yeah. is raw. His, you know, everything about him is completely raw. It's going to have to be um, harnessed kind of in a way. That's the way I would put it um, because it's like – like, you know, on the run, I mean, the guy can just sling a ball and look like it's going to go 30 yards and it goes 70, you know. Right. And, you know, and a lot of guys can't do that. Will Levis can kind of do it out, out of those four. Yeah, but, but he looks like he's going to throw it 70 yards when he does it, as opposed to Richardson can just flick it and it'll go 70 yards. That's- well, but out of those four – Levis can also do that as well, but I don't think Stroud and and Young can it's do like, that. It's the like way. Demarcus Russell back in the yeah, day. Yeah, he like, is. He, he kind of reminds he me can, of Demarcus Russell, except he's except he's more athletic. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but I mean his arm and everything. Yeah, yeah. He, Demarcus Russell could sit down at the fifty yard line and throw it out at Tiger Stadium. Yeah. You know, here's the thing I'll say about that. The first time you do that in the game will be the first time that's ever happened in the NFL, right? I mean, right. what good does that do? I, I saw yeah. the the Will Levis clip of him on his knees throwing the ball through the goalpost. Right. Okay? You're never going to yeah. do that in a game. That, no, that, right. that, that doesn't no, mean No, because you're down. No. Right, exactly. I, I think yeah. the, thing about, the thing about Richardson is Richardson is a, is a way I look at it. He's a piece of clay that you can say, okay – I can make these coaches look at these guys and say, I can, I can make that piece of clay what it needs to be. Right. And he's got the physical attributes that these other guys don't have, but I can also watch him play and think, Oh my gosh, how is that guy a top five pick in the NFL draft? Other than we all know that what you did in college has zero impact on what you're going to be in the NFL. Listen, I am a diehard it's the for ego. life Kentucky yes. fan. 
And if Kentucky and Brad White can make Anthony Richardson look like they did last year, then I know that there's some NFL teams that can do the same. Again, well, and, it's it's the ego. Like, like it is. Yeah. That's it. That's all I'm every say coach in this world, every coach in this country thinks I can make him be what he looks like. Every one of them. And make some of them if and if you can, then my goodness, then watch what watch what he's gonna become in the NFL, you know. And then you he get was he was like 40% <laughs> against Kentucky, had four rushing yards. I don't know if y'all remember that game, but he looked awful. Against Brad White in Kentucky last year. Yeah, I look. I I think it is a huge risk, and and I I think that the Colts maybe they felt like they needed to take a big swing. I I don't know, but look, I mean, Tom Brady was never a full time starter in college, and then he nope. became the most accomplished quarterback in the history of the league. You're so, right. I mean, it, it, you know, I know Anthony hasn't played much. He you used the word. Brad is raw. He's he absolutely raw. raw. Yeah. But it's a it's a they're drafting on potential. And yeah. if the if he reaches the potential, then you change the franchise for two decades. Right. At least the next 15, 16 years. I mean, at, yeah. at the very least. All right. So we'll move on from our draft talk and we'll kind of dig into some spring football camps. Let's start with Georgia. Georgia's having to replace an awful lot of people and players. We were talking about their drafts over the last two years earlier. Um, you know, and they're having to replace an awful lot of people, um, including their quarterback, Stetson Bennett, who was a fourth-round pick um, in, in, the, in this past draft. And, um, you know, how, how is that going? How, what does the Georgia quarterback room look like? Yeah, I think it's going to be Carson Beck. I'll be surprised if he doesn't start uh, the opening game. You know, the other guys behind him, uh, Carson's a junior. Uh, the other two guys behind him, uh, Brock Vandergriff is a sophomore. Uh, he's a redshirt sophomore. And then and then Gunnar Stockton is a redshirt freshman. I, none of them transferred. So that's a win. Um, so yeah, it looks like. Absolutely. Yes. Right. No, the it transfer like window's on. closed now. Yeah. Well, I mean, this year they may be right. Yeah, they're not. I think they're. I would have out after. I would have bet money one of them would have transferred by Sunday, right when the transfer window window closed. But they all stayed. Yeah. Um. But I do think that that Carson Beck will be the starter the opening day. Um. He's a big guy. He's got he's got the arm. He's not the athlete that Stetson Bennett was. So you, I think. They lose some of that part of the offense as far as him moving and running and those kinds of things, but he can make every throw. And he's got a team around him. The defense could be as good as it has been the last couple of years. I'll be surprised if it's not. And he's got weapons around him. I mean, you know, he still has Brock Bowers. Um, you know, they've got Bowers, plenty of talent. Bowers is going to be a stud. Yes, yes. And then their offensive line is going to be really, really good. I, I, I really feel like their offensive line might be the best it's been these last couple of years this coming year, and that makes things a lot easier for a, a you know, a first-time starting quarterback or new quarterback. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of wanted to dig in there, and then let's, let's since you 
do some uh, Clemson stuff. Let's let's dig into Clemson spring football, and you know how how has Dabo got got his team looking? Um, well, after after spring practice this year, yeah, I think everything is kind of a wait and see offensively, right? Because of the the Garrett Riley move, hiring him as the offense coordinator, I think that's a reset for that offense and. You know, using yeah, it. How is that looking? <laughs> well, it's hard to say. Like, like I heard good things about practice. Um, you know, I get a little bit of insight from my son working with the team at practice. But, um, you know, it, it really – the spring game, they had so many guys out, right? Will Shipley didn't play. A bunch of the wide receivers didn't play. They had a couple offensive linemen out. Um, and then the defense really kind of controlled the day. So – it, but yeah, it's, hard it's kind of hard to judge right? then. Yeah. yeah. So, but I think the new offense will fit Cade Klubnick at quarterback. Um, I think it fits the offensive linemen they have. And then I think, you know, the biggest thing for me as somebody who watches a lot of Clemson football is I think they're going to start using the middle of the field a lot more and the tight ends, which they had kind of gotten away from that the last couple of years. So that'll be a, that should be a, a big boost for the offense coming up this season. So does Klubnik, you know, is is he going to be able to do any of the uh, Duggins, you know, just yeah off the, you know, off the hook, you know, just break down and just make a play, you know, because that's what Riley is coming from. I mean, he's coming from, you know, a quarterback that just could wing never it say die. and right. never, never die. die and too, just, right? he, was, yeah. he was a never say die. Yeah, I mean, That's all he was. and and I mean, he would just wing it and make the play, you know. I mean, whatever it was, whether it was with his arm, with his feet, you know, whatever it was, he was just gonna make the play, no, no matter what. Yeah, I, you know? they the coaches are saying really good things about Klubnik, his leadership. Um, you know, he's a really good athlete, and he can really run. And that's another thing, and obviously in the spring game, you're not going to let him run, right? right? So there were there were some sacks in the spring game that wouldn't be sacks in the game because he could have gotten out of the pocket. Uh, but you're not going to let him do that and get hurt in the spring game. So, uh, but he's a, he's got a good enough arm. I don't think he has a huge arm, but I think he's got a good enough arm. Uh, he's got a great head on his shoulders. He knows the game, and, and again, kind of like I'm not comparing him to Bryce Young, but I mean. He's, he's a couple of steps ahead of the game. Now, the Tennessee game, he didn't show that in the Orange Bowl. He held the ball too long. He's trying to make a play like you're talking about and right. and made mistakes because of that. I think this yep. offense is a get the ball out of your hands, get it to your Quickly. your guys as quick as possible, and then yep. let them make plays. And, and then we'll see, you know, how this works out. Look, I've – I've been around that offense a lot. I, I was in Valdosta working at the Valdosta Daily Times. My first the air raid definitely college. is get right. the ball out of your hands yeah. quick, you know, let the guys make plays. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. But yeah. my first job in college, out of college was covering Hal Mummy and Mike Leach and Dana Horse. Yeah. And they were, that was the kind of genesis of that offense. And they were fun to watch. Yes. I can tell you that. That's no gotta, I, I want to hear some stories from, how mummy, Dana Holgerson, <laughs> Mike Leach, and and Mike Leach. And, uh, and and then the the guy that's the uh, the 
think he's the offensive coordinator at uh, at USC. What's his name? Why am I going blank on his name? Because oh, he, was, he wasn't on that staff, but, but Guy well, Morris. But, but well, well right, no, no, right. from no, that no. Once they split from How Mummy, he was a after he had played quarterback at Texas Tech, he was a uh, like a grad assistant immediately with all of them. Right. Yeah, you know, outside of How Mummy, because by that time they had split from How. Right. Yeah, but, Mummy. They kind of split from Mummy. Right, but I'm trying to remember. Uh, God, what's the what's the what's the guy? The guy that was at Arizona, the Arizona uh, head coach that's no longer there. He's oh. now at USC. I think. Yeah, my brain's freezing on me. Here. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I can't think of who, who but, you're talking. But it, oh, you're talking about Cliff. Yes, Kingsbury, Kingsbury was also right. Kingsbury, but he well, was yeah, grad assistant behind. Uh, well, well, he played uh, quarterback for right, Leach. but they he were all, but they all, right. but they all, they all lived yeah. in like the same house, right? Well, <laughs> I'll right. tell you this: it takes stack. When I was in Valdosta, <laughs> those guys were on the staff. Guy Morris was on that staff. He later became the head coach at Baylor. So all of those guys yeah. were on one staff, right? Right. And, right. You know, I, I. I covered Chris Hatcher. He he played quarterback. He actually worked at Kentucky for how mommy. He was a Kentucky. And he's uh, the mommy, Stanford yeah. head coach. Stanford head so. coach now. Uh, yes. Actually, yeah. Actually, Chris and I wrote did a book together. We, uh, I wrote a book about Chris a few years ago. So, um, but yeah. mommy was a mommy and Leach. Leach was the best. You know, you hear the stories about Leach, and man, man. you hear him talking about pirates and all this stuff. I was hearing that stuff in '93. And thinking, right. like, this guy is is different, right? And I mean, yeah, it was a very blast. different. And he's the yeah. game differently. Yeah, I mean, I remember being yeah. at a uh, Valdosta State women's basketball game and sitting at the press table, and he came to the game and sat down next to me, and just started breaking down the defenses of a women's basketball game. Of a women's basketball game. And he's game. on the money. Yeah. Knew exactly what he was talking about. So, I right. mean, he was just yeah. fun to be around. Uh, as anybody and guys, I was 23, 24 at the time, and around that right. crew. So I, I mean, it was so. It so was my special. brother-in-law played at Kentucky for Hal Mummy and Mike Leach. His name is go. Jeff Zerker. Okay, he was a safety. He was a safety on the team that um, Tim Couch took right. to the Outback Bowl. Tim Couch, um, number one he, pick, right? Yeah. Yeah, he Jeff Zerker was the safety and the lead ta- lead the leading tackler of the team, actually. Um, Is and, that a good uh, thing? When your safety as a safety, lead. yeah, probably not. But <laughs> hey, Jeff, probably not. But I'm gonna tell you right now, Jeff would tear somebody's head off. I can tell you that. Well, I mean, I, I get um, that. I'm just saying. That that doesn't really look good for the defense. No, no, no. That's probably not the best the best <laughs> the deal that, that he's the leading tackler on the team. Um, but now I'm gonna tell you right now, Jeff has some some stories too about Mummy and oh, Leach. I'm and, sure he does. Bet, you know, I'm sure he does. I, yeah. When I when we did the book with with Chris Hatcher, I called Mike, and this is what 10, 12, 20 years after he and I had worked together and got him on the phone and I expected to talk to him for, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. I know he's, he's a coach. He's busy. I, I wasn't going to, he stayed on the phone for like an hour and a half and, you know, and it was just him talking, you know, I asked like two questions, I think. And, 
um, you know, he had some great stuff. And hey, yeah, Josh says definitely. Mike's going to be missed. That's what, he was such a great he person. Is, no doubt. Yeah. And how many guys changed the game, right? How many coaches – we talk about innovators. How many right. coaches come along and they change the game? Those guys changed the game. Absolutely, they changed the game. They changed the offense for sure. They even changed how defensive defenses had to yep. – Know, yeah. go about playing because of their offense, mm -hmm. you know. Right. No so, doubt. absolutely. Well, you have to defend the whole field now. You didn't used to have to do that. You know, it, it right. wasn't a horizontal game back in back in the day. I mean, you, you yeah. kind of, if you could inside the tackles, the yeah, you tackles, know. you won, right? Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, John, I'm going to get to a little bit of uh, Auburn news here. Because we're going to kind of go into some, we're going to kind of go Wait. into some rest of the ACC and SEC talk here. And the first thing I'm going to hit on is TJ Finley hit the transfer portal, and the news come out today, but apparently he had to put in, put the paperwork in before Sunday. Oh, okay. Because the the I think what what he was doing was waiting until he graduated. And he's supposed to graduate. I guess the I think graduation is next weekend. So well, so the news like it does take about forty eight hours right. for them to actually hit the portal after they put their name in. I right. think right. Um, so you know it closed Sunday night at midnight, um, but the news didn't really come out till this afternoon that TJ Finley is transferring from Auburn and I don't know, but it should be in you're, as it you're, should you're, be. you're the senior editor football guy. I just wanted to ask you what you thought it about should be in as a uh, grad transfer, because I think he graduates next, next. Uh, yeah. He'll, he'll probably be a grad transfer. Yeah. yeah I, I was that so. a surprise? I don't think that. that no, it wasn't. It wasn't. They, we, right. we were, they, they were all over the, uh, the radio today talking about that. They expected once he graduated that he was, out but i mean if the portal was you know two days ago then he had to go ahead and put it in right knowing he, he absolutely had he, he would have, he would have known he would have known he would have known to yeah i mean he would he would have known last minute yeah oh yeah, yeah. that i think auburn is as interesting a team as there is in the sec this year because you got how I mean, we would talk, talk about how I mean, you got Hugh Freeze, you know, right. and his offense basically going to a team that has never really w ran an offense like that. They don't have so the personnel for an so offense two, like that. There, there, there's two guys that Auburn so had TJ not transferred, then they wouldn't necessarily need to go get a quarterback, but I think they've got two guys that they're looking at right now um, at trying to add. Um, one of them, I think, had shoulder surgery, so he is still rehabbing. Um, I think that's uh, – oh, God, I'm going blank, but I think he may have come from Nebraska. they got a guy from Nebraska and a guy from Michigan State they're looking at. Okay. Peyton Thorne just, just entered. Are they looking at Peyton Thorne? 
He's one of them. From Michigan State. Okay, Michigan he's one State. of them. He's the one from Michigan State. And then from Nebraska, it's uh, – oh, I think he's he's down – he's in Auburn right now, or at least Is his Casey parents are. Casey Thompson? Yes. Okay. He's the other one. Okay. I, I Look, I think either one of the – like, if they get Peyton Thorne, that's a huge get for them. I really believe that. Because he's a really, really good player, and he played a lot of good football at Michigan State. And yeah. he just put his name in Sunday. I mean, that was kind of a surprise. That was right. a big. That was a big splash when he put his name in the portal on Sunday. So th- those are two guys that I that, that I've heard that that Auburn's looking at is Casey Thompson and Peyton Thorne. Well, I, I think I think yeah. Hugh Freeze has a big job ahead of him to like completely revamp that roster, run his offense. Right. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. But he, I mean, he'll also he should get some time to do that too, right? I, I would, I well, would think his bosses would be a couple reasonable. of two or three years I, anyway. I think, yes. I think. Well, yeah. I think. I think now that the that the board got who they wanted to get, I think right. he will get more time. He will have the luxury of all the the time and the tools. Oh, I think he'll get three years. Other, that other More coaches than, wouldn't have gotten because right. of the fact that they were not unanimous choices by, you know, the board, the the people who who pay the who pay the bills, right? That's right. Um, the money. I think people. he yeah. he ends a lot of the infighting, right? I mean, because that that yes. seems to have been the problem the last couple of years. Correct. And even if you wanted the other guys or you wanted Kevin Steele, I think oh. Hugh Freeze appeases you. And now we'll see what he can do. But, I mean, he did a heck of a job at Liberty. I mean, you can't deny, right, you know, I know everybody's going to make jokes about what happened. With an Auburn quarterback. And, right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I I think he's a heck of a coach. There's no doubt about that. Um, oh, I agree. You know, and, and I think he'll do a good – I mean, that's what I'm saying is as far as being interesting, look, Georgia, obviously, Alabama, Tennessee, those LSU, those teams are interesting – because they're really good. But as far as the rest of the group, Auburn jumps out at me because I want to see what he can do, like you said, with kind of a mix-match uh, roster. I'll tell you a team down there that that jumps out at me, and that's Texas A&M, and that's simply because – You just want to watch the train wreck. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help because, it, man. Because I mean, Auburn, Auburn's interesting because Jimbo they're either Fisher be- and now Bobby Petrino – Auburn's and gonna, I, they don't matter. Like I, I you know, it's going to yeah. be, I, I, it's going to be must see TV if you ask me. Again, they followed each other at Auburn as offensive coordinators, which is funny. <laughs> um, but you know, Auburn's interesting only because they could be really good or they could be really bad, but they're going to be real fun to watch burn or you know, absolutely wreck. The, the conference. Well, and how many games does it take before Jimbo takes takes back the play calling? I mean, uh, he, he's not going to want to give up the play calling, right? Two? Hey, you got and two? if that happens, <laughs> Petrino is going to lose his, you know what? Yeah. yeah. Might, might wreck a motorcycle. Who knows? <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. He might leave another I'm note telling, in the locker room for the players like he did. I'm Alex. telling you, it's going to be must-see TV down there so, at Texas A&M. So, so, I'm not even from, playing. You're from the athletic uh, – Jason Kirk. 
Do you do you know of him? Yes. Okay. Have you ever heard him? Has he ever done his uh, his Bobby Petrino voice? Not for me. I I, I have not heard that. I, I may have to ask him to to talk to me about that. Let me know just, about just, that. Just just let him <laughs> let him do it. It's, okay. It's funny. Uh, <laughs> I'll have to ask him about. It's that. very. It, it's like it's very creepy the way. That <laughs> <is>. <laughs> well, I mean, you know. There's some creepiness there. I mean. Right, right. And we've had, a, he, he's on a podcast that I listen to, and we've had one of the other members of the podcast on our show, Ryan Nanny. Okay. And right. so, and, uh, but, but Jason has, he's a very interesting guy and can do a lot of different things. And his voices that he, he, he tends to, uh, do are hilarious. Well, I'll have and, to ask uh, you, Jason, and, to do me some voices. When, yes. voices yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. So we've kind of covered the ACE, the SEC West. What do you think about the East? Do you think that Tennessee is going to challenge for Georgia or no? Yeah. Um, I think probably very similar to last year. Like the Tennessee is going to be, I think Tennessee is going to be really good. But when they play, I I don't think Georgia, like I, Georgia will beat Tennessee, I believe. Um, yeah. And and I, you know, will they shut Tennessee down like they did last year? Maybe not. But I do think they'll win the game. And and look, I mean, how many games on Georgia's schedule do you look at and say they're not going to be favored? There's None. not. There's not. not I, I don't think there's any. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, well, and how many do you think they won't win by? Double digits. I mean, there's only two, maybe three games that they don't win by double digits, and that's. Are you sure about that? That's pretty small. I mean, you know, it may be one. I don't know. I, I don't know, but I don't think there. Really. I don't think there is one. Right. Not not as we sit here in May, looking yeah. ahead. You know, who knows once the season starts? You know, right. maybe Carson Beck's terrible, and he's not the guy. Then that right. changes everything. But right. I, as I sit here right now, I don't see a game on their schedule that they won't win by double digits, at least until you get to the SEC championship game. Well, I mean, South Carolina showed some life at the yeah, end of the that season. Was, that was at Georgia. If that were in Columbia, I would I would fully agree. Yeah, I'm just but saying there's some games. So if you want me to throw out a couple of games off of Georgia's schedule, I would right. throw out South Carolina. They showed some life. Georgia does have to go to Kentucky. It's probably still going to be at least a two touchdown win, I, I would think. Um, that looks like the game's in Athens. Is that not? In yeah, Athens? that game's in Athens. Yeah. Is it in Athens this year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now All they right. do go to Tennessee. I, look, if you said name two games that are going to be the toughest games, I think it's Tennessee and South Carolina. I, I don't think yeah. there's any doubt about that. I love what Shane Beamer has done at South Carolina. He has done a heck of a job in two years and for them to beat Tennessee and to beat Clemson in Clemson the way they did. Uh, I mean, the way they did, I was at that tent, that, that Clemson yeah. South Carolina game. And, you know, they made Clemson look pretty bad late in that game and dominated really the second half. And they so, drummed Tennessee. Yeah. And they beat Tennessee off the field. So then yeah. they've got a lot of momentum in recruiting. You know, I know that won't help, you know, that what they're doing right now recruiting won't help this year's team, but they recruited well right. this past year. Um, so he's doing a heck of a job. So those would be probably 
the two toughest games, but I'd still say they're gonna Georgia's gonna win both of them by fourteen points. You know, just just as we talk about them, you know, here in May. Yeah, I mean, I would think that they're gonna be. I, I would think that they're gonna be uh, at least fourteen to seventeen point favorites in almost every game. Well, so. Outside of those three teams, you're talking about South Carolina, you're talking about Tennessee, and you're talking about Georgia. I mean, you got Kentucky right. that I think will be that'll be there, and then the other three teams I think are probably the low end of the SEC. Yeah, I would I would agree. In, I look, I, I, it's going to take Billy time, Billy Napier time at at Florida to get them straight. And that's out. throwing and that's throwing Florida in that mix. <laughs> right. I mean, I just don't think. I just don't think Florida's there right now. They he's uh, still at least at least a whole nother recruiting cycle away. I agree because I don't know that people realize just how big of a mess he took over, right? right. I, yeah. Like I, you know, I I know that that people didn't like a lot of people anyway didn't like the Shane Beam Beamer hire. I thought it was a good hire um, because I know he was part of that staff when they had their best success with Steve Spurrier. So he knows what it takes to win at South Carolina. I don't think South Carolina was a bigger mess than Florida. I just, I think Florida was a much bigger mess than we, than a lot of people thought. I, and I think and so it's too. Gonna take time. Yeah. So, and then Vandy, I mean, look, Clark's a good coach. It's just, you, there are hurdles at Vandy that how many people can overcome. Um, I, Missouri, I think, I don't, you know, they'll win five or six games and they'll be happy about it. Missouri will pose a threat to some teams at home just because they can play good defense. Right. Yeah. Well, they, they could they have just, beat Georgia last year. And if they yeah. just, if yeah, they, they, just, they had a shot at beating Georgia last year. Yeah. yeah. They just, that, what they have to do is play keep away with the ball and, you know, hold it as long as they can, waste as much time and keep that score as low as possible. But, again, it generally will happen at home versus away. Um, and Georgia plays them in Athens. So right, right. That, will right. Be, and, that will be a slaughter. And they got yeah. Georgia's attention after the third quarter. Oh, yeah, <laughs> last year. Oh, yeah, Correct. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, right, I, so, look, I, yeah, I think Florida – to me is intriguing because of how much has to be fixed. I think Tennessee and South Carolina are good teams. I, I really believe that. But those other teams, I, I just think I, – look, I like Mark Stoops has done a heck of a job at Kentucky. I mean, just a Absolutely. heck of a job. And <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, th I think they're probably right there with, with South Carolina. With South you know, Carolina. And yep. Tennessee for the second, third, fourth. I think South Carolina. I think South Carolina is actually is more steady than what Tennessee is. I think Tennessee is more volatile this year, just because I don't think, you know, unlike Georgia, who can just reload, Tennessee may not be in that position to be able to do that. Oh, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think they are. So and, with them and, losing who they've yeah. lost, I don't think that they're going to. I mean, I think that the wide receivers, the right. you know, I, I think offensive line, the offensive line, the quarterback, the offensively, as long as the as long as the 
quarterback can execute the plan that you know that uh uh hypel draws up then they should be able to at least have you know a fairly decent offense I just don't know what the other side's well, going def- like. defense has kind of been their Achilles heel the last two years anyway. Right. right. So I, I think that they're going – I think more in that that regard, I think that's where they take their step back. So, like, the offense just has to outscore everybody. And if they run into a good defense like a Georgia, uh, they may – they, they, they could look really bad. Well, I don't. Really I won't, pedestrian. Yeah, I won't be surprised by any order of those second, third, and fourth teams. Right. Yeah. Like I if South Carolina is second and Tennessee's third, and I think the fourth, only I think the only yeah. surprise would be if Missouri or Vanderbilt were number two. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That would or, be your, that's your even Florida. Even Florida. That's, if Florida's your, there, I will be shocked. I mean, nah, I wouldn't. I mean, again, over over like if you had a Vandy or a Missouri as the number two team, then I think everybody will go. The world is turned upside down. <laughs> well, if Kentucky finishes second and Tennessee's fourth, I won't be surprised. I, I really think those three teams are are very comparable. Right. Very. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. All right. So let's. Yeah. Move no Move on to the ACC real quick. I, I want to ask you about this. So a lot of people who are doing polls, early polls for next year, I have noticed that there is a lot of people that's putting Florida State ahead of Clemson in the ACC. Is that something that you think could happen this coming year? It could happen. I mean, there's some unknowns with Clemson's offense, like we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, I, I, I like what Mike Norvell and his staff have done at Florida State, but I don't think they're quite ready to get over the hump at Clemson, right? Just yet. Uh, look, I, I think they're probably the second best team. And I, you know, look, I mean, and the ACC has gotten rid of, <clears throat> excuse me, divisions. So they could play each other twice. And right. I will be surprised if they don't play each other twice. Um, you know, play each other. They, I mean, they play each other in September in Clemson. And then right. they, and then they, and that's early enough that whoever loses that game can certainly get back and, and play in the ACC championship game. But I, I, I do think that Clemson and Florida State are elevated over the next tier in the ACC. And now, who, who is that? You know, North Carolina, Miami, Pitt, right. Pitt's been really good the last couple of years. They have. They have. So I think those three would probably be next. And then you kind of throw everybody up. Wake. Don't forget about Wake. I know that that Sam Hartman has left, but Wake is going to be really good. So I would put NC State. NC State's always kind of right there somewhere, too, around the world. Wake some stupid game and be out of it. Yeah. But now they and they they have uh the Armstrong kid from Van uh from UVA who's transferred there to play quarterback. So yeah. you know we'll see how that helps. And so I would say you know that that Wake, Pitt, North Carolina, Miami, NC State is the second group. And then everybody else after that, you know, you just kind of throw in a hat and see what happens. My my question so, to you So Brom at Louisville 
I mean, this will be his first year, but you give Brom another couple of two or three years, and, and I think Brom will have Louisville making a little bit of noise in the ACC. I I thought that was one of the most underrated hires of the of the offseason, right? Jeff Brom's and, a good coach. Listen, I think, I'm a Kentucky I, guy, and I don't like him because he's yeah. a Louisville guy, okay? But I, I can fully say Jeff Brom is a great coach. He really and is. And I know, look, they don't hire him if they I don't think they were gonna fire Scott Satterfield, right? Satterfield yeah. left, goes to Cincinnati. I right. think Louisville upgraded. I really yeah, do they think did. they upgraded. They absolutely did. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a great hire for them. Um Jeff Brom was I'm close to Western Kentucky here where I am, and he was a coach at Western Kentucky before Purdue. I mean, he's a really, really good coach, Jeff Brom is. Yeah. Um you know, he goes to Purdue, turns them around. I mean, heck, Aiden O'Connell got drafted in the – you know, he was a walk-on, for God's sakes. Right. You know, I mean, he got drafted in the NFL draft like fourth round or something, um, you know, this past weekend. So, I mean, you know, Jeff Brom can take – like I said, he can take a walk-on and, and, and now he's a fourth-round draft pick. Um, so, that tells you a lot about what Jeff Brom can do. Um, you know, so I, I do expect Louisville to make a little noise. Now, it probably won't happen this year. They've lost a lot transfers. He's having to replace a lot. Um, so, but down the road, that's a team that I think will make a little noise. Now, I, I want to ask you about this in the ACC. I'm hearing all kinds of stuff about Drake May in North Carolina. Okay, potential first-round draft pick for next year and all that. Uh, possible Heisman Trophy candidate. My question to you is, is Drake May really that much better than Sam Hartman at Wake Forest and Devin Leary at NC State over the last year or two? Um, I think if you're looking at him as an NFL Prospect, yes, right, because of the talent, right? All the stuff that we talked about with Will Levis and, and Anthony Richardson and those those guys in this year's draft, yeah. I think he's he's intriguing because of he can throw the ball from any angle, he can throw the ball a long way, um, you know he can he can do a lot of good things. There's now, been some good quarterbacks that's left out of the ACC this past yeah, year, so that's right. you know. You know, Hartman left for sure. I, I look, I, I think he's a good player. I just don't know does that equal wins? Right. If for North Carolina. If you wanna if he wants to have all the stats and 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 have all the highlights and be a top five pick, I think he can do all that. I really do. But how many games are they gonna win? I, right. I don't know about that. I because they they're not gonna stop anybody. They didn't stop anybody last year. Um no. You know, they lost Auburn their offensive defensive coordinator. Right. Their offense coordinator left to go to Wisconsin, Phil Longo. So how does that change what they do? We'll see. But I look, he's a he's a talent. There's no doubt about that. But I just don't know how many games they're gonna win. And I, that's gonna be they're they're you know, we talked about intriguing. In in the ACC, they're as intriguing as anybody to me because they have him. Right, and usually when you have the guy at quarterback, that adds up to a lot of wins. 
Well, losing I downs that's going to work. Losing downs, losing downs hurt. hurts yeah. a lot too off yeah, of that team. No doubt. No doubt. Um, that's true. You can't yeah. deny that for sure. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, think they're, I think they'll be okay, and they'll they'll go to a bowl, but I don't see them challenging for the top of the conference. They're going to win some games that they shouldn't win, and they're going to lose some games that they definitely shouldn't lose. I mean, I and, think their ceiling is probably nine and three. Right. I think you're probably right. And and look, I mean, the schedule and, is and that's their ceiling. Now. Right. The schedule is different now because they're not they're not playing in the division anymore. Right. So that'll be different. Look, they got to play South Carolina. Um, you know, App State's no pushover. Minnesota's no pushover. Um, and then the conference, they get Pitt, they get Miami. Um, now they do get UVA, they get Georgia Tech, but I think Duke's going to be pretty good. And then they got to go to Clemson and to NC State to wrap up their season. So, I mean, what are they going to win? Seven games? I uh, probably. That's what I'm somewhere saying, you know, there. I mean, they're yeah. ceiling. The best I think they could do would be three. You know, right. and they're probably seven or eight win team, probably. I think that's probably right. You know, somewhere somewhere in that range. And they'll probably throw for three thousand yards and, and a lot of touchdowns and they'll lose yeah. games forty to thirty five or something like that. I, I've got maybe a to in, maybe to App State as well. Know, so yeah, that's right. For, for the ACC. I've got one for the ACC. Uh how long or does how about this? It's better, I guess, to ask this one first. Does Brent Key get Georgia Tech playing where they could they could legitimate actually... football? Yeah. How about, how about <laughs> yeah. Hey, I look. I like Jeff Collins as a person. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. he's been on our radio show, and mm-hmm. and he was great. And we were critical of him, and he came on the show anyway, and he was great, <laughs> and and right. he was a great guest. They. They had to make a change, right? Because that was a disaster of a of a tenure, I, mm-hmm. you know. And and you had Georgia Tech fans saying, "Let's focus on hash marks and not hashtags." I mean, it was it was a divisive three years. Yeah, I think Brent was the right hire. Now they had to make that kind of a hire because of finances. Right. That was part of it. Yeah, but he's a Georgia Tech guy. Right. He cares about that program. He's been there when that program has won, when he was on the staff there as an assistant coach under Georgia Leary. And so he's seen it. He's been, he's worked for Nick Saban. So he knows what works. He's an O-line. He's right? an O-line guy and they're going to run the ball. I like the offensive co- coordinator hire with Buster Faulkner coming over for Georgia. I thought that was kind of a sneaky underrated hire. But I look. I mean, what's the success for them this year? Going to a bowl game, and I and that look, would be that would be a major success. success. Well, well, but yeah. yeah, I'm I'm more just you know just seeing like can they be at the level where they are winning like nine? Maybe nine not nine, games. but if they won eight not, games, not this year, but I'm just right, saying. not not this year, right? But I do think he's the guy for the long haul. Right, I do think he can get them to where they're winning eight or nine games every year. I mean, look, I Stoops do. has I done do. a great job at UK, but and 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 he's got Kentucky where they can win seven, eight, nine, ten a few times. 
but it takes a long time. You have to really be patient with a guy well, I mean, you're in still, order to like, do that. I mean, Jeff Collins stopped him from playing the 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 triple option. The triple and option. had to had to completely change what the offense was and you have to change all the personnel for it. Right. Uh, because with the triple option, you've got what smaller, you know, faster guys versus an offensive lineman too. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And then, so now, you know, I mean, even with Jeff, I mean, he, he still had to, to change the, you know, the, 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 I guess the profile of the athlete. And so Brent's still got to do that. He's still got to keep it going. Right. Well, they've started. Yeah, the process has started, but it's not complete for sure. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, I know that uh, back in 2008, Auburn went from a run, you know, the old style of football, run first, heavy offensive line, you throw it on third down, to the air raid in 2008, which ultimately fired Tupperville which then got Gene Chizik, which then got Gus Malzahn, where you had that, you know, it's more of a spread, you know, the, the, the hurry up, no huddle spread type deal, but they were kind of moving in that direction anyway. This is coming back to more traditional football, I guess, coming back from like one end of the spectrum, coming back to the center. So right, I was just – I, I do think they'll be they'll be I and, and I think you saw it at the end of last year when Brent right. took over. They were better. Yeah, I mean I thought I thought they did a lot better. Absolutely. Yeah, they did. And now they yeah. won close games, but they still won those games. Right. right? I mean and, yeah. you know, so no, I think Brent was the right guy at the right time uh for that program. And I, I really believe that he'll do a good job for them and can make right. them a you know, kind of what they were under Georgia Leary or Paul Johnson, you know, win eight or nine games eight, or seven. Nine games, yeah, go seven, to a bowl eight, game nine every games. Year. Right, right. Have, Guys, they won nine games in three ha, years. Have a few have few NFL drafts and NFL players right. and stuff on the team and, you exactly. know, a few, stuff like Calvin that. Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> they went right. so far. They tried to get so far away from the option that they lost who they were as a program. And yeah. it was, I mean, it was just comical right. how, how they blamed everything on Paul Johnson for two years. And, oh, we can't win because of what Paul Johnson left behind. That, I mean, it's kind of insulting to the to right. the players who are on your roster, right? right? Why you're saying that kind of stuff. So yeah, right. I, I think it was time. I, I love what Jay Bat has done as the AD. Um, you know, he made the basketball change as well. So I like the direction that Georgia Tech is heading for sure with this athletics part. Yeah, hey, the basketball hire impressed me. I, I like their basketball hire as well. Um, yeah, it so was. You, you're talking about you're talking about the AD there and their hire there. Uh, Damon Stoudemire was a splash hire for Georgia Tech basketball. It kind of came out of nowhere. It was kind of a yeah. surprise. I mean, that Look, was not I, a name. I really, really I liked heard. for Georgia Tech to be able to do that and pull that. It was it was unheard of. It was, you know, they was whisper like no, it, it didn't break before it happened. You know what I mean? Like, you know, right. 
they kept it under they kept it under their under the you know under the table for a while and then just dropped it. I thought it was a great hire uh, for Georgia Tech, and I'll be the first. Day. I was impressed by it. Well, and that's, I mean, think about when's the last time a, a new AD has had to hire the football coach and the basketball coach in his first six months on the job, right? Yeah, I mean, right. I mean, it's it's really kind of unheard of that that now he didn't fire the football coach because he wasn't there yet, but it's really kind of unheard of for a, for a new AD to do that. But I thought he did a great job in both hires for sure. Yeah. All right, Daniel, I'm going to try to do two quick comments and questions here real quick. The first okay. one, and then we'll, we'll kind of let you, you've been on with us for a while. We appreciate you being on with us. I had told you we try to keep you around a certain time. So I'm going to try no to worries. do that. But no worries. so I do have one question about the transfer portal in college football. Oh my and God, you're going to get started on no, this. No, no. I want to do it fairly quick. It really is about this will be what do you think about <laughs> what's going on at Colorado with yeah. Deion Sanders? He has got guys who just transferred in the first portal this year, went to and played spring ball with them. And now they are entering the portal a second time in three months. What do you, how do you feel about that? Like it's, I, I, what happened to the one time transfer rule and all that kind of stuff? I mean, well, it's, it's, I don't, it's unprecedented. I, I'm, we've never seen anything like it, you know, and I know no. my, my son Ben texted me last week. He's like, Dad. Colorado's got more scholarship players on basketball than they do football coming back from, you know, last year because yep. of all the transfers. I don't – here's my thing. Look, I think players should be able to transfer. I wish – you know, I think you should get one free one. And then after that, if you want to transfer again, you probably should sit out for one year just to slow some of this stuff down. Yep. But my thing is for Colorado, I don't know how you put together a team. Like how, with if they're going to have twenty guys back from last year, scholarship guys, and then they're going to have what sixty five new scholarship players on the team. How do you put together a team? I don't in know. four months to to play a legitimate season. I, I don't I, I really, do that. Well, I mean, my thing is like there is five, six, seven, eight guys who transferred three months ago. Yeah, and they are now lot. in the portal again. Just after spring ball. That's <laughs> it's, it. it. It's, it's again, we've never seen anything like it because we didn't have the portal right before. Right. And now to do this, it's, it's really, I don't know that I've it's seen, a- I don't know that I've seen somebody transfer in and then I think this is the first time ever, right? And then transfer right. after spring ball. Back out. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, it's, it's kind of, there's a guy on Ole Miss. I think he's on Ole Miss. Either Ole Miss, no, he was, he was with he was with USC. He he signed with USC, uh, transferred before fall practice, went to Texas, transferred back to USC. Right. It was a wide receiver. Yeah. Highly touted wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, uh, so we've seen it where people have done this. This is just the first time where they had a brand new coach who brought a lot of attention to the program 
brought in a bunch of guys. He brought in half and of then, these guys, and then and, and then, then, and then, and then, then leaving. And then, and then said, "Nah, I don't want these guys. <laughs> <laughs> New group. Let's go." Yeah. Yeah. I it, don't know. Wild. It, it's going to be a case study, right? <laughs> if it works, you're going to see other teams try to do it too. Right. But, but it's almost it's almost the perfect storm too, right? Colorado won one game last year, so they're terrible. And I think one the year before that, I think. Right. It's Deion Sanders, too. How many coaches have the cachet to do what Deion can do? To pull that off, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And then will will it work? I mean, we have to find out and wait and see. But it's it's definitely unlike anything we've ever seen in college football before. That's true. All right, Daniel, we'll kind of get you out of here. I wanted to bring up today they kind of dropped or, you know, in the last couple of days they've dropped the – 2024 and 2025 uh, 12-team championship brackets. Um, They start around the 20th of December. There's a Friday-Saturday game. um, And then you have the um, bowl games, the regular bowl games, the 31st and the 1st as the, uh, you know, as a round and then you have what is now like January 9th um, as the championship game would be the semifinals. And then the finals is going to be on a Monday night, January 20th in 2024. So you're going to have four full weeks, basically, of uh, championship football on a 12-team playoff. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Uh, my thoughts are I love every second of it. <laughs> I mean, I I, 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 yeah. I can't wait until uh, we have a 12-team playoff. I know some people say it's too big, it's too many. I don't I don't see how it can be too many at 12. I think 12 is the perfect number. Uh, I like how the schedule works out, at least for these first couple of years, where they – yeah, they're going to play the games in weekdays but they're spacing them out enough to where you don't have any, quote, short weeks or anything like that. Right. Uh, Everybody's got the, like eight, nine, ten days right. in between games, it looks like. Right. Yeah. I, I love the first round being on campus. I, I think that's perfect. Uh, I like it, You too. know, I think the I love it too. only way it could be better was if they played all the games on campus, but that's not going to happen. We know that's not right. going to happen. So, um, I, right. I think it's you great. you got the bowl uh, games. I can't wait. You know. Right. The bowls have too much influence. Yeah, on, you got the bowl games tied to it, so you know. Right. But the first round for them to play on campus like that—I mean, it's just—I mean, imagine the atmosphere going into the first round of these playoffs in 2024 at home. I mean, it's just—it's going to be so awesome. I think. Oh, I agree, and I think it's going to take the sport to another level. I really so, believe. So I've got a question. Hey. The 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 first those that 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 get the first round aren't there the the, real first murder. round buys right, right, right. So they go first round buys. They don't get to host on campus. Do no, they? they don't. Those those will be the bowl. They'll go play in the bowl games after that. They are the real losers. <laughs> yeah, because because their fans don't get to see them play a home game. Right playoff game yeah the it's team, kind right. of a, teams that the teams that get to host a home home playoff game will be the six seven and eight 
seeds. Right, four through eight. Once they get the host, is, the home playoff game will be the five, six, seven. Right, and that, eight. and I think that, and I think that really sucks for, you know, the top four teams. That, well, it, it's it's kind of a, it's kind of a win lose, right? Or win, yeah, win lose. I mean, if you're Georgia, do you want to host in Sanford Stadium? Sure. Or, but you'd rather have that day off too, right? I mean, but you'd rather well, have that week I, off. Yes, yes. Yeah. You would rather have that. Yeah. Sure. You'd rather have that week off. But your first game, no matter what week it is, you it's would not going to be like, at home, right? Right. And so the city of Athens or whomever is all going to lose because you would have a mass amount of influx of money that oh, would no come doubt. in for for a home playoff game. Um, but if you're a top four seed. You don't get that. Now, right. you probably make a pretty decent amount of money, you know, for whatever bowl game that you're going to for the for like a New Year's Six Bowl or whatever the the bowl game that you're going to. But it's still you're still not getting that that ability to host a playoff game unless you just weren't good enough to be a top four seed. To you were you're a, a four through eight seed. Oh, the other thing about that too is, um, oh, I had this in my my head because I was it was the one thing I was really looking into with this. Um, I really I really like the twelve. I like the home the home uh, playing one on campus. But what I really don't understand now, and I and I kind of wish the NCAA or the college football playoff committee, not really necessarily the NCAA, but the college football playoff, would start trying to challenge the NFL. Challenge. Yeah, I could see that. And look, I, I like I understand why they're not playing these games on Saturdays and Sundays. I understand right. that. But at some point and we had David Hale on our – David Hale from ESPN was on our show last week here in Georgia, and he said this, made this exact point that you're making. At some point, you can't just keep bowing down to the NFL, right? you got to try to stand up to the NFL. And, it's oh, and, I, and I actually think college football is big enough that they could do that. I think they're big enough that they could do it. I don't think they're going to win, but I think that they could do it, at least not yet, like not win yet. But I think they could they could challenge them. I think they could. And I think it would be. I, I think, think it would be too. worth. Right. I think yeah. it'd be worth something. But I like the way the want... schedule has worked out. I think for the first couple of years, you do try to stay away from the NFL, and then see how big. Because guys, I think this is going to be how big huge. it gets. Yeah, I think I, it will be too. And I think it's going to be a great thing for the sport and for all of us who love yeah. college football. Yeah, man, I I saw it and I was just I got a got chills and got excited about it just as soon as it dropped, you know. Yeah. I mean, I can't wait for it. I know it's not this coming year. I wished it was. We got one more year to wait before we see all this. Um, but uh, it, it dropped, and we was going to have you on, so I wanted to bring it up. And Daniel Shirley has been with us tonight from The Athletic. He is the college football senior editor there. Um, he also is on – um, a mid Georgia, Macon, Georgia, ESPN radio uh, show is Midday Sports Zone that's that it. he's on, and a Clemson podcast, Clemson Kickoff. Is that right? That's right. That's right. Click, click ClemsonKickoff.com. Right. Check us out. 
All right. We appreciate Daniel being on with us. Well, we've run a little bit longer than I said I would keep you on, so no I apologize. I hope you've had a good time with us and fun with us and uh, come back on again. Mention to me, mention our show to Kyle. I Just, will. You know, a little I whisper. Will. Little I'll, whisper. I'll talk to Kyle <laughs> about that tomorrow. And, hey guys, I've, I've had a blast. I appreciate you having me on and, and let me know. Let me know when you want me to come on again. I'll be here. All right, man. We, sh we, we really do appreciate it. Thank you, man. Appreciate Have that. a good night. Have a good night. All right. Thanks. All right. And it was really awesome to have Daniel Shirley on with us. He is the uh, senior college football editor for The Athletic. He has covered college football and athletics, athletics for a long time. And uh, so it's, he, he's just, he knows a lot. He's, he's been around and been in the game a lot. And it was just, it was a fun, fun episode to be a part of. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just a fun episode. So we appreciate him being on. I had to name drop, try to get Kyle Tucker because I can't get Kyle Tucker's attention another way or two. He doesn't seem to know who I am for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. I can't figure that one out. <laughs> he, he doesn't seem to know who I am. I, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> oh, me. All right. I'm going to hit our prize picks real quick to close out this show. Uh, we are a part of Prize Picks. You can go to prizepicks.com, use our promo code CSCAST. You can double your initial deposit up to $100. If you put down $50, you can play with $100. If you put down $100, you get $200 to play with. It is a daily fantasy sports. You can play up to 30 sports. The NBA playoffs are currently going on. It'd be a great way to have some fantasy fun. Use our code CSCAST to double your money. Home for Our Troops is our 2023 nonprofit organization that we are asking anyone who is looking for a place to give some money to, to give to them. They are building homes for injured and wounded vets. And I'm trying to get it to come up. I've hit it a couple of times and it's not. <laughs> Hit it harder. Yeah. All right. There it is. It. There we go. I'm trying to get it to come up while I was talking, but it wasn't happening. So anyway, they're building homes um, for injured and wounded vets. You can give to them for every dollar that you give. 90 cents of that dollar goes towards rebuilding their lives by building them homes. And they will do that anywhere in the country. If they are from Tennessee and they want to move to Michigan, they will build them a house in Michigan. Um, so uh, go to www.hfotusa.org to give. All right. We appreciate Daniel Shirley for being on with us tonight. John, come on right as we were opening up. During was, the intro. Yeah, and I was like, I told him, I said, I'm supposed to have another guy on. I don't know if he's going to make it or not. 
but I appreciate you coming on with me and having. I couldn't a make fun. fun of you. I couldn't say, "Oh, look, there's frozen bread." Because yeah, I know. I wasn't on. I wasn't on there, but I could see you frozen. And I was like, "Oh, look, there he is." <laughs> and then I would you go, come on right as it was doing all pixelating. That, yeah, and I was like, "Oh, pixelating." Oh, yeah. He's back. Yay! Couldn't do that. <laughs> Not this time. Right. Yeah. So. But having Daniel on, he's really, really knowledgeable. Um, like I said, he's senior editor for college football for The Athletic and also ESPN Radio uh, Macon, out of Macon, Georgia. He does a show where they cover SEC and a lot of Georgia's. I mean, actually, Georgia athletics all over the state. They cover Georgia Tech and Georgia and the, Bra the Braves and – you know. Right out of Macon, so Mercer, right? Right, yeah, Mercer. Mercer, yeah, yeah, and uh, but I mean, they cover they cover the pro sports, you know, Falcons, you know, the Hawks, the Gwinnett Stripers, yep, all that stuff. Oh, yeah. So they are midday sports zone on ESPN Radio out of Macon, Georgia. I wonder if they do their show at night. My guess is they do it midday. That'd be my guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just, it's a. You it's read just, the joke. It's just a guess. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, yes. I didn't look it up. So, I mean, no, you know. I bet it's, I bet it's 10 to 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't look it up. I mean, with a name like that, I mean, you know. It's done at four in the morning. <laughs> All right, guys, hopefully we'll be with you on Thursday night. We were not with you this past Sunday. Guys had a lot of stuff they were doing, and we just took a Sunday off. Um, so hopefully we'll be with you on Thursday night. I have talked to somebody about possibly being on on Sunday, but i got to get back with him. Um, if we can get him, this guy is from Rivals.com, if I can get him. So I'm working on it. I'll, I'll let you know maybe next on Thursday show if I can get him for Sunday. So um, we will see you guys Thursday night. And thanks for joining College Sportscast. It's been a fun show, man. <laughs>